So, John, uh, the Golden Globes was amazing with the monologue. It's the only thing I watched from the Golden Globes. Do you uh, do you check on it every year? No, I mean that the Oscars, all of that. I just I feel like it's a bit much. But I, I keep hearing about what Ricky Gervais has been saying, and like I've I haven't ever watched the whole thing. I've seen a couple little clips or like read a couple little quotes, uh, but I haven't gotten the full context of it all. So what what happened? The memes are fantastic. So Ricky Gervais, like I've seen clips of him doing this in his other shows at the Golden Globes, where he basically is like, I don't care. Like this is he like the other times he's like, it's my third time, I don't care. My fourth time, I don't care. They keep bringing me back NBC. This time he's talking about it's his fifth time host, and he's just like, I don't care. You know, I never cared. And he's he goes after them so well, and it's the memes of like um, he calls Joe. <laughs> calls Joe Pesci Baby Yoda. He makes fun of um, Martin Scorsese's height. Then he <laughs> he makes um he he talks about like someone who didn't there's a show on Netflix that where um the it's about someone whose wife dies from cancer and uh he's uh battling the idea to kill himself and he's like, well they renewed it for a season two so he didn't kill himself just like Jeffrey Epstein and people start going, oh, and he's like, oh, I, I know he's your friend. I'm, you know, get over it. Oh, my gosh. Calling out the Hollywood elite for being friends with uh, him. And then I think he makes a Harvey Weinstein joke, not in his monologue, but further down the road in the show. And he also touches on some and some terrible things about cats, some choice words for cats. He, uh... He, uh, the movie, not James the animal, Corden. right? The, the, the movie, the movie, and it kind of made some, some innuendo stuff about, uh, James Corden and, uh, uh, Judy Dench. You were, I, I don't want to say it on this podcast, but then he did, uh, I, I will put it in context that after that, he talked about, uh, telling people to F off when they accept their awards, telling them like, thank you, God, thank your agent, all this other stuff. And then he goes after Apple. Like there's an Apple exec because they're they've launched their um, streaming service. Oh yeah, and he's like it's a it's a uh, company um, that make that uh, has sweatshops in China and people are like oh and he's like no don't don't do this and he's and he says if you it, all these all these platforms like Disney Amazon China. He's talking about the, their terrible practices. He's like, if ISIS had a streaming service, you would call your agent right now. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, look, man, like he's not afraid to say these kinds of things, and he never has been. So, for, like, for them to ask him to do it for the fifth time, I feel like they knew what they were getting into. They probably just wanted the free publicity for the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, because the Golden Globes has that effect of being just different from the Oscars where it's just like, Oh, you know, sit on the couch and get roasted by your host. It just feels, I like it. I just, I just like it. They should be made fun of. He's not afraid to say anything at this point. And I just, I definitely, I need to go back and check it all out. Cause it sounds like he, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily funny, but I'm definitely curious as to what exactly he was saying. Yeah. Just, it just, was, because, like, I, I did see Adam Driver's face after, like, a meme of his face as compared to a bunch of other people and, like, how, like, him as a veteran, like, he gets this kind of dark humor and everybody else just was not having it at all. I, I see you get the libertarian memes. Did you, <laughs> do you see the other person they were comparing it to? Oh, was it Tom Hanks? It was Tom Hanks. Ah, oh, glorious. America's dad. <laughs> the America's dad that won't drug and rape you. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. He he made references to Bill Cosby in 2016 also, so he really doesn't care. That doesn't and, surprise me. Yeah, and then uh, um, what I got back from it is that the memes of Tom Hanks, the one that I saw was a Star Wars meme today where it's talking about the prequels. It's Qui-Gon listening. He's like, the boy must be trained. And then it goes, cuts to Anakin killing younglings. And then it just shows Tom Hanks' face like, ooh. <laughs> so many good memes from this. Yeah, you should check it out. Welcome, everyone, to the Summon Up Podcast.
This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I am joined by my good friend, John. I'm Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the day. John, how you doing? Look, man, I can tell you definitively I'm doing better than Scott Derrickson. You're just saying that because when we were writing the script, I couldn't, I couldn't say his name. Thank you for catching me now. You're I welcome. want him to be, I want him to be like Eric Dickerson. No, but it's Scott Derrickson. Yeah, we have a couple of stories for everyone today. We have uh, about Doctor Strange with Scott Dickerson. Derrickson. Dang it! Dang it! I Scott. tried to help you, man. Come on. You tried to help me, and I still did not stick the landing. I probably broke my leg coming down after the pole vault. It's over. The career is done. Um, and I'm only 17 in this picture. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> that's how old they are when they win those awards. Um, this story about Scott Derrickson leaving. There it is. <laughs> leaving, leaving Doctor Strange. And then the Birds of Prey trailer. Uh, so it'll be a pretty comic booky show today it usually is feels like it at least uh, i need i need a palate cleanser of ginger after uh, all the star wars stuff we've talked so let's do it well lucky for you i am plenty ginger enough oh it's uh, funny because i'm a redhead oh, okay yeah, these not are the, the palate cleanser i was going for but i appreciate it so anyways so I just heard about this today, and I really wanted to talk about it, because I want to get your thoughts on some stuff. So Scott Mm -hmm. Derrickson, the director of the first Doctor Strange movie and the second one up until today, uh, has left the project uh, because of creative differences, evidently, uh, with Marvel, with Kevin Feige, I think with the overall direction that they wanted to take this movie in. He is, however, going to stay on as an executive producer, but we have no idea if the delay of finding a new director is going to affect the July 21 release date, uh, July 2021, not July 21st. Um, But Derrickson has always said, especially after the first movie came out, he wanted the sequel to be a true horror film. He's a horror guy himself. And so he wanted to incorporate that. And I think Dr. Strange has the capability to like from the comics, especially really propel itself in the horror genre uh, you're dealing with a lot of mind trippy stuff, uh, the demon aspect of it all, the other dimensions that are coming to play nightmare as a villain that he said he wanted to bring in. Um, so you have basically everything teed up to be a really good horror film. And I think Derrickson would have set the, set the tone for it really, really well in the MCU. But I think he was trying to push the envelope a little too far for Kevin Feige's taste and, in interviews, Feige has repeatedly come out and said that basically he's walked back what Derrickson has been saying. He said that Doctor Strange 2 is a big MCU film with scary sequences, but he's never called it a horror film. Because yeah, I, really... I don't want to bring a nightlight to uh, to my showing or my theater because it's so <laughs> horrific. Yeah. And I mean, I, like... I, I knew, I, I'm not... I, you just... You know me. I'm not a fan of horror films i'm glad they made this change and honestly like i'm i mean i'm not a big fan of horror either but i'm i'm a fan of good storytelling and when that genre uh uh really lends itself to the type of story they want to tell in this type of context i think it would have been really interesting if anything else um i mean i i want to see them push the envelope more than what they've been currently doing up until endgame I think they've bought enough goodwill from the fans. I think they've told a lot of really good stories. I think now going into this next step in in the storytelling career that they've built, I think now is the time to start uh, really taking risks and trying new things that they haven't done up until now. So to see them walk back someone who's been trying that, I think is a little disappointing to me at least. It, 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 if nothing else, it says more about the overall direction that they have for the MCU. Um, and I think Derrickson has bought himself a lot of uh, respect from the fan fandom and from uh, Marvel as a whole. I think that he's uh, earned a lot of um, the ability to tell a good story and the trust. That's what word I was looking for. Sorry. He's earned a lot of trust from Marvel to be able to tell mm, these types of money. stories. Exactly. But not that not that kind of trust but <laughs> <laughs> yes uh i don't know man like i'm i'm disappointed i i 
I'm curious to see who they're going to get and if it's going to be somebody that's just a yes man or if they're going to, I don't know, maybe put another, like inject a little bit more flavor into this story. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all this? As far as my thoughts about this, this is something I'm not surprised by with Kevin Feige and his decision to be like, well, we have some creative differences. Hey, in this universe, there's a plan. And guess what? They don't want horror film. They don't want that... They don't want that horror Blumhouse type of feel with the movie, and I appreciate that. Now, there being some horror elements and suspense, I can get down with that, but I don't want to. I don't want my heart to feel like it's about to jump out of my body. So I'm very happy with this decision personally. I do, however, get why people are upset because they're not used to the cookie cutter, um, the cookie cutter formula. Uh, MCU, they're bored of it. You know, if I serve you chocolate chip not chocolate chip cookies for the rest of your life and at some point you're gonna be like all right i'm getting diabetes i'm done with this please stop um you're gonna it's it's just a result of that that's what i'm thinking about this and i I pose the question and you know i'll i'll give my idea of like you know as a good replacement for a director in, in this movie you know i would ask you who do you think could do it and uh give you some context for what I think. I, I really do think that um, I would like to see someone like a like James Gunn do this movie just because he has a little bit of background already doing it with Brightburn, even though Brightburn was produced by him, but Brightburn really didn't take off in the mass media or not the mass media, but the mass market and audiences. And I think Kevin Feige can tone it to a good spot because there are a lot of sequences in that movie that are frightening, but in a good way. Yeah. And while he didn't direct it, he did produce it. I don't think they're going to get James Gunn back because he's, he's working on the suicide squad. Then he's got guardians of the galaxy three next. So he won't be able to be brought back in just because of his schedule. Um, but I do have a name for you, and I'm curious to see what you think. Uh, it's someone who has a lot of experience with horror, but also experience with comic book movies. What mm. do you think about Sam Raimi? I had a feeling in the back of my head that you would say Sam Raimi. But the Sam Raimi horror films are, uh, what is it, The Evil Dead? Is yeah. It, the, the, that, like, those movies with Bruce Campbell are so like gory and zany and they like like it does it has the camera feel where like if he accidentally chops off like his own fingers or something like that the camera zooms in and his eyes are wide open and he's screaming it's so it's so jarring which he he actually recently said he wanted to make another evil dead with bruce campbell and i was like that that's special so let him do it so this is why i suggest his name uh because of the horror films that he's done. I mean, we know about the evil dead, but he's, he's also putting out the grudge that's coming out this year. That reboot, oh. basically he is, he did put out uh, don't breathe, which I thought was a really creative premise. And I think it, I think it did pretty well. Um, and I'm just looking through, uh, his the filmography don't, here. Don't breathe. They did a better job with it with a quiet place. Uh, but you know, don't breathe is also a good iteration of the horror genre of like, hey, if you don't make any movements, you won't die, or if you don't make any sound, you won't die. So I, I think that's pretty. I think he he I if I can remember, I think he was the first one to do it, as far as a, a mass audience type of uh, introduction to that genre. Yeah, that's now got quite place a part two. Yes. Yeah, uh, which is looks incredible. Um, but I mean, I I think his original vision of what Spider Man was back in the day, I think would have been really interesting. So I think he's got a lot of good stories, and he's familiar enough with comics as a whole to know the source material to respect it, but also put a good modern spin on it. Um, so I think, and you need somebody that's going to be able to be confident on day one when they step in with a script that's already together because they're going to start production or they're planned to at least start production in May of this year. Um, so you need somebody that's confident right off the bat who doesn't have much of a learning curve going into the into everything. Yeah. 
I mean, the only other name that I can think of, but I don't know that he's available to do something like this, or if Marvel could even get him, would be Jordan Peele. I think, Ooh. obviously... Which he's putting out. out a movie called Antebellum, which the trailers for that are frightening, but I think it's going to be another another hit for him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got the capability to be a really good storyteller in the MCU, but again, I don't know if he's got the time to do it, to commit to this project for the next year. Um, yeah. But I, so I, I think, honestly, I think Sam Raimi would be my top pick to replace Scott Derrickson. I, I, I like, I do, I really do like your pick. I think it's a good pick, pick, but do you, do you think like with the choices that they made, uh, for this movie into part ways with Scott Derrickson? There it is. <laughs> Now, what do you th- what do you think it means for the for these types of movies in the MCU? It makes me wonder if they're even willing to take any risks with the MCU, and I hope that with projects that are coming out on Disney Plus, I hope that they're able to maybe start to push the envelope more on those types of platforms, see how the general public reacts to that, and then maybe take a step forward to the greater theatrical experience. Um, I mean, again, like I, I wish they would do more creatively to kind of expand on what they've already done. I mean, cause at a certain point, if you're not willing to try new things and take risks, you're just going to keep rehashing the same thing over and over again. And I think they're getting dangerously close to that right now. Um, so if they're not willing to try new things, then they're going to lose a lot of fans real quick. You think they're getting close to the diabetes cookie an- analogy? I th- I think they're getting full. I think they're getting real close to diabetes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, um, I think uh, I think this is a a good move. Like I said, I liked this move, and I'm fine with them making this creative difference uh, of saying like, or not creative difference, but like, hey, we're gonna stick to the chocolate chip cookie. I'm co- fine with that, and I think it's also a result of like, hey, they don't want to deviate from their model. And uh, the reference I'll give is is Disney of the 2000s when they're like, you know, you don't need a princess. We could just make a movie with whoever. Let's make a story about the city of Atlantis and cast uh, Michael J. Fox as this uh, this uh, young whippersnapper who's really smart. No one really saw that movie. Um, Treasure Planet also. No one really saw that movie. Didn't do too well. There's no princesses in them. Brother Bear as well. Uh, There are plenty of movies where they're like, we're going to do something different. And they're like, hey, we're going to scale it back. Let's do Princess and the Frog, Frozen, Uh, uh, Brave is another movie where they try and save face. And I, I also Brightburn that James Gunn did. Well, I did say like he has experience doing that type of genre Um, and he didn't direct it, but it really didn't get to the greater audience love. Maybe that's a perhaps a result of marketing, even though I saw a bunch of trailers for it. Maybe it wasn't saying like, hey, Brightburn is like evil Superman. No one came out and said it in in the marketing trailers. So the, you know, the general audience didn't really feel that. But for those who deep dived into it, they figured out like, oh, that's actually kind of cool concept. So I, I just see it as Disney trying to minimize a flop. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Like they, they want to keep, I mean, so, okay, let me back up. What I think they're, what I will agree that they're doing right is what Kathleen Kennedy should have done with Star Wars and having mm. a firm, uh, creative hand in what types of projects are being done, and I I respect that at least that they're not willing or that they're willing to say, hey, this doesn't fit with what we're trying to do. You either scale back or we'll find someone else that that will. Um, so in that respect, I understand and respect what they're doing. Um, I just wish that it had not happened on this project in particular with someone who so firmly, I think, understands the material and has done such a good job of introducing Doctor Strange to the general public, um, which, again, that disappoints me. That upsets me a little bit. But I, in in thinking about it a little bit more and in talking about it with you, I respect Feige, at least for making the decision just based on everything that could have gone wrong if they had not done it. Yeah. Like I said, they have a plan. Yeah. As compared to, as compared to the other thing, but do you, as compared to star Wars Yes, and, and trust me, they don't make this decision often at a Marvel. Yeah. 
Whereas at Disney, they do it all the time. Or uh, not at Disney, at a Lucasfilm. Yes. Yeah, I think the last time they've done a, a rewrite this big on a Marvel project was probably post-Hulk when they replaced Edward Norton because of creative differences. At least that's the first thing that's coming to mind. Um, I would say I would say Guardians 3, but then they had to backtrack it. Yeah, but that wasn't because what? of creative differences. That was just because of tweets from years ago that came out. As, oh, you're saying like as far as creative differences, strictly. Yeah, yeah, that, you know that's that's true. Uh, I would, I can't think of anything that comes to mind. Do you think we'll end eventually get there with like a a kind? Do you do you see a movie like this, a horror genre type of comic book movie in the Disney sphere? Do you see that coming like in the form of a? of a movie do you think they're going to make that decision or do you think they'll only make the risk with like disney plus or a smaller project well so i think they're going to have to do it eventually and i think um and we'll talk about this in a, in a future video a little bit more in depth and i'll just kind of lightly touch on it but i think the success of the new mute new mutants movie that's coming out will kind of determine whether or not disney feels that the general public is ready for a horror comic book movie and i think i think people are probably the people that at least see it will probably respond well to that movie so i hope that that's kind of a stepping stone to get us in the right direction and i think that the longer we wait the more other studios are going to push their boundaries and try new things um so marvel's going to have to catch up at, at a certain point or they're going to fall behind say somebody like dc um who's already trying new things post-Justice League because they have to. Uh, but a great example of that, I feel like, is uh, we're going to talk about the Birds of Prey trailer that just came out. Um, I mm -hmm. love the aesthetic of this movie. I love um, th like the change of feel that they're going for with this uh, because it's so far removed from what we got with any other Justice League character property, even from the last Suicide Squad movie. Um it just, it seems fun. It seems like a trip, honestly, uh, just watching the trailer. And I I think it's going to be a really interesting movie, if nothing else, just just from a, a watching perspective. Yeah, I, as a watching perspective, I understand where you're coming for with the Birds of Prey trailer. Uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think Disney will ever attempt a property like this unless it is in the form of a Disney Plus film. And going back to New Mutants, I think the only reason they're releasing that is because the project was basically finished. Like, the project was basically done, or they had to do a little bit extra, which is why they're marketing it now. I don't think that product is developed by Disney solely. I think it's just a thing like, well, we have this, this movie that's doing nothing in our arsenal. We might as well just put it out there and say, like, hey, you know, for you horror fans, take it. But it's not going to be part of the mcu saga films and i don't think i don't think we're ever going to get that um for a very very long time i don't see it anywhere in the near future on disney plus yes but they really don't want to remember the 2000s yeah unlike unlike these uh these dc eu these warner brothers execs are just like taking lines of coke and be like let's do it you know, you, you want to make you want to make a wild movie about uh, Harley Quinn and not connect it to anything. Let's do it. Uh, and I think that's what we're getting out of this Birds of Prey trailer that was released. Yeah, it's it's definitely much more of a Joel Schumacher Batman vibe than I think anybody yes. was expecting, uh, which I look, man, like when that when that Batman movie came out, I was not a fan. I still am not really a fan of that feel, but I like the uh the influence that it had on this movie and i think we needed that to get to this point um i mean just just everything about what this is kind of like introducing in this trailer like i love that we finally get to see black mask with his actual black mask on not that, and mcgregor oh god like not that i didn't think he was he wasn't going to put it on eventually but like seeing him in his full like comic book character glory is just awesome um bruce the hyena is now canon um uh, there used to be, like, in every other iteration of Harley Quinn, there were two. They were called Bud and Lou, but this one, there's only one hyena, and, and she named it Bruce after Bruce Wayne, which is just perfect. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I like that. I, I like that it's a hyena. Yes, 
and I love that we we got to hear it laugh too. Um, that <laughs> there's that moment when they're in that shootout, and Harley Quinn is behind this like a pallet of cocaine, basically, and you yep. can see it flying around, and she breathes it all in, and then her eyes just get real wide, and she jumps out and just starts beating everybody up. Like that's that's basically her like getting coked up superpowers, which it's just everything about this like it doesn't seem like it should make sense on paper, but it's so fun to watch. Uh, I, I I feel very, I think this is where you have it. Uh, you and I have a difference in opinion where, yes, I will admit it does look exciting, but it's like, I'm confused by it though, John. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think of this. Like, it's so weird. I mean, it's like, it, it, it just, I look at it as the uh, extension of Warner Brothers and their, their feel for movies and going back to the Joel Schumacher type of vibe, like, you know, granted it is kind of weird and zany and this isn't supposed to be part of any of the DC universe. It's just, it's just one of those things where I I don't, even though it has an identity of being like high octane, I, I, I still don't know. Maybe this is something completely new that we've never seen. I still don't know how to categorize. I still don't know how to feel about it. Well, see, that's that's the hard thing about what they're doing. So I was reading interviews about this, and they've come out and said that, like, there is the connection between her and Joker, which it, this picks up shortly after the events of Suicide Squad when she breaks up with Joker off screen, and this is her kind of moving on from that. So in that way it's tied together to the dc eu as a whole but other than that this is basically its own standalone story where i'm sure that there's a potential for it to branch out from here um but it's not connected to directly to justice league it's not connected to the new batman movie it's not connected to joker it's its own thing so they're like i like the properties that they're putting out now but they're creating three or four different cinematic universes where i i think the general public is starting to catch up with comic book fans in that they can accept more than one type of continuity but it they're, they're starting to reach a little bit now yeah i i would say probably not with that i believe that most moviegoers want to be one universe uh but do you, do you think it's because they're learning their uh their lesson with Justice League and just saying like, hey, everyone do what you want, you know, uh, you know, have fun with it. Like the Aquaman movie, Shazam. I mean, Joker is one of those testaments where they're kind of like Joker, although not connected to the DCEU, um, the Aquaman and Shazam's movies are very loosely connected to DCU in the way that there's no there's no like footprint for later. You know, I, I think this is. As you would say, it's a result of the Warner Brothers trying to fix their screw-up with Zack Snyder and the uh, conformity of those movies, or the general feel of those movies. Yeah, like, that's what I think that they've taken away as a lesson, is that you sh- like, the problem was Zack Snyder came in with such a dark vision for what the Justice League was, and I think in its own way, it, it was an interesting take. And I think that they could have gone a better direction with it. Um, But I think that what they're trying to do now with all of these characters is give them their own fingerprint, their own uh, aesthetic as a movie and as a property where Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Harley Quinn now, they all have their own unique identity. And I think that's so much more similar to the comics as a whole than what Marvel has been doing, where... With the MCU, there is one continuity, one feel where it's there's a little bit of flavor in there with depending on the director, but basically you can copy and paste any character into each movie, and it it works because visually they're all very similar. But with, I like my diabetes. Exactly, diabetes is great. <laughs> um, but with the DCEU now, I think what they're trying to do is go more of a comic booky route. Where, I mean, in the comics you had. A Batman comic and that had its own aesthetic and then you had a Superman comic which had its own visuals and and look and the interesting thing was eventually when they be, when they created these team up uh, events uh, it it brought all of these unique personalities together that then clashed and molded together to create something new and I think 
that what they're I think they're starting to go in that direction where they realize they don't have to have the same uh continuity basically between each property like they can they can all be connected but tell a, a story that's unique to the personality of that character um like the flash is supposed to be a hopeful character it's not going to be the same as uh the snyder batman where it's there's this dark and grittiness to it um it's not meant to be the same they're supposed to be unique and different in their own way and then when they are brought together, they learn from each other and they're affected by each other and they grow as characters into their own future storylines. Um, so I'm, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm hopeful for the future of the DCEU. And if this is the track that they're putting themselves on, I think that it has the potential to be really um, beneficial down the road. And you saying that, that you think it's going to be beneficial. So you think this is a an interesting deviation from the typical comic book genre or, and, and I'm for you though, do you, you know, like, do you think that's a, it's a good deviation that's interesting or do you think that, uh, we aren't ready for this weird, wacky interpretation as far as birds of prey? I mean, I think, I think people are starting to get superhero fatigue and if, if directors and if, uh, studios don't try new things, it's, going to burn out audience members really quick just because there's so many studios now that are trying to dip their their foot in this type of uh material and so you have all of these super powered uh this all the super powered content coming at you like the boys i thought was a great new take on that genre that i think refreshed it in a lot of good ways um and and so if dc doesn't start trying new things with how they present this material and really starting to make their their own footprint unique it's just going to mold together with everything else that's out there and it's not going to be memorable it's not going to be good people are going to not show up as much to go see it because it's just the same thing rehashed um whether or not this thing whether or not this movie is is a success or not i think is less important than the fact that they're trying it and it looks like they're doing it with good writing, with good characters, with good directors. Um, no, hold on, wait, 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 yet to be seen let, okay. with this movie. Yet to be seen, but I think Wonder Woman 1984 looks great. I think Patty Jenkins is great with the property. I think uh, James Wan has been great with Aquaman and his vision of that character. Uh, I think Shazam, the casting of that character and the portrayal was was on point, I think, with that comic. Um, so I think, I think by giving every character their own identity and, uh, uniqueness, I think it's really going to pay off dividends down the road for them. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's a weird movie. The Birds of Prey movie looks like it's going to be super weird. Um, but I'm, if nothing else, I'm interested and I'm, I'm curious about the new direction they've put out. I, my, my thing with that is, is that even though I know you're, hopeful and you're liking this direction i as far as this movie is like i don't i don't know i don't know if we are ready for it i this doesn't look the birds of prey trailer the birds of prey movie am i interested in it maybe i still don't know what to think of it because uh there are parts of this trailer that i really like but dc has made me very cautious with seeing its films and you know people are like oh you know uh the suicide squad is going to be different from the dc movies and people are like oh it's uh very different but not maybe in the best light uh i see that aquaman properties the aquaman properties and wonder woman shazam great movies uh and all of their trailers had me this one this was a good trailer, but I'm, uh, something about it has me cautious. It's not that it's an all-women's ca- uh, a, a big woman, women's cast. You know, you have Ewan McGregor, but then you have a bunch of ladies in the in Harley Quinn's uh, crew. And what I worry about is, is when Hollywood does these all-woman casts, it's not to take anything away from their abilities as actresses that I believe, but these studios do these money grab type of films with the crap uh, with the terrible script. And it, it it's really um, at the expense of the, all these talented people's careers. It's a bump in the road for these ladies. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily fair. Uh, so I hope Warner Brothers didn't take this movie in that direction because I'll be very upset. 
uh, because Patty Jenkins and what she's made is fantastic. Uh, and I think is that is that is where people should be looking to talent. And I hope they didn't Ghostbuster this up. And uh, once again, I don't think it's anything bad about the all women's cast, but I think it's these execs who think just because they put a bunch of women in front of it, and they're just like it's going to make money. It's not fair to these ladies. You know, they're great actresses. Give them something compelling. And I don't want to see it where there's people out there, these trolls on the internet, who's like all women casts are terrible and all this stuff. I don't want that. Because Marco Robbie is talented. These other ladies are have talent, and you know, I just I, I I worry with these type of movies. And I hope Warner Brothers didn't take it in this direction, because I am very unsure looking at this movie, and it's just the whole uh, vibe and cautiousness with DC and after Ghostbusters, definitely. Well, yeah, and I think that brings up a good point of um, going like striving for authentic diversity where when you okay so when you think about endgame and you have that one scene where like they've always talked about doing an a-force movie which is an all-female led avengers uh cast basically um and you have that one scene where uh captain marvel has the gauntlet and all of the women basically in the mcu line up behind her that doesn't feel like authentic diversity that just feels like a shoehorned in reference to make somebody smile um but i think when you have something like like a property like this uh, with the Birds of Prey movie where it's it's a legitimate property from the from the comics that has a great history in its in its own way um, and you have a character like uh, like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn that post suicide squad she's kind of moving in this own in her own unique direction and then you have all these characters around her that they've put in similar situations that are all striving for their own identities and it's them coming together to create something new um it i mean just in reading about it and seeing the trailers it feels like it's done from what i can see at least in a very authentic way that doesn't feel like a cash grab like you said um and i i would hope that these characters or these actors wouldn't sign on if they felt like that was the case um because it feels like margot robbie's getting a lot of creative control in what she does as harley quinn and i think that she would want to portray the character in a really empowering way like like i think this movie is is doing um so you could you could say that you know and i I just had this pop in my head. I'm sure someone else who's way smarter than me said it online, but I, it would be wonderful to see her be the Ryan Reynolds of the DC universe where she owns this persona that propels like the raunchiness and grittiness of the comic book genre into the forefront. That would be great for DC and to give her creative control. If that's something she's passionate about, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I am being very hopeful about this. It looks like it's going to be good. Um, you are. I'm being cautious. Stay stay close to the ground with me, friend. Well, we have another month to wait before this comes out. So oh, we'll boy. see in a month who was right and who was Chris. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was ultimately hoping you would say who was wrong. Nope. Because I'm being like, I, I, feel, I feel like the slight, like, like I, I give it to me. Give it to me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm putting I'm putting this stuff out there to protect you, John. I don't want to be protected. I'm ready to be hurt again. Oh man, I I do not want to be hurt <sighs> by these movies. But uh, do you think with like everything that they're doing though with Marley or Robbie and the characters being their own universe, do you do you think they're gonna continue to do that, or do you think they're gonna try and work her into the other DC? properties besides suicide squad potentially just being like the cameo or throwing her in there like oh look it's harley quinn it like are we gonna see harley quinn eventually into the robert pattison batman i mean probably not in that movie i'm i'm still waiting to see how they're gonna work that into the rest of the continuity um but i mean i, I kind of think I kind of see her character as I do Deadpool now that Marvel owns all the mutant properties. Um, I think that she, I think, okay, I think she is probably going to be most successful when she is on her own and can have her own unique aesthetic for a movie. Um, I with, agree with you. With I the people around her. Um, but I hope that they are able to make authentic cameos with other characters 
to then connect it in a in a interesting and unique way. Um, like I don't, what I don't want to have happened is her just to be shoehorned in as a cash grab to um, to Aquaman, where it doesn't feel authentic. It's not really doesn't make sense in any way. But they have like it. It would feel like a computer made the decision of oh Jason Momoa, Margot Robbie, but then together. Individually, they're very successful. So when you put them together, of course, they'll be more successful. It it just needs to be done in a unique and creative way. But mm. I think I think there are definitely ways to do it. It just doing it right. Yeah, I, I guess you could call that the sort of um, Marvel esque way, or you could say that's actually the the way Fox used to do it, where they have like these universes. It's just like, oh hey, look, small cameo over here, nothing too big. Um, but Marvel has done it too. Uh, but as far as like your take on it with that, and that maybe in their own universes she's going to succeed more, I would agree with that. I definitely don't want it to be like a crossover event with like you know Aquaman or Wonder Woman, but it doesn't feel authentic. But I don't think that's going to happen, John. You you touched on it, and it, it definitely explains the executives at Warner Brothers, where. I think this is a great choice creatively for comic book movies as far as to have your own little universe and thing. I think DC's doing it right, but it's not good for the general audience. And what I mean for their bottom line, I think this is bad because, as you said, they could have like four universes in the DC. And that's like, it's going to confuse someone who's a casual and be like, isn't this supposed to be connected to this? I don't understand the thinking behind... um, uh, DC continually not having a unified plan, and you mentioned flashpoints. I, I, uh, you mentioned flashpoints off the off the air, but about you know in the future they're going to do it. But I got no news of this. I'm not looking this stuff up uh, as far as that as a filthy casual. Like I'm not going to know. Like it just feels like these execs are taking a bunch of coke to figure it out. And I really want like the Steve Jobs ghost of a of a business past to slap all of these execs at warner brothers and tell them how stupid they are that they need to have like a universe or distinctly come out and say like hey this uh this movie this movie with the birds of prey it's not connected to suicide squad because before last week i thought it was connected to suicide squad yeah what are they doing john what are they doing? They need to be slapped by the Steve Jobs ghost. Because I, I, the DC, the DC at first, I thought it was being fixed. And, and they're making this stuff. Like, Joker was so good. They're in the standalones. And then I, I don't know what's going on going forward. Like, well, you know, we have a capacity to bring her in anything. I just, I don't know. It just seems like a free-for-all, John. I don't, I don't know what to think of it. I don't know, man. Uh, like, I, I want them just to focus on telling good stories and make good movies. And then if they want to do a giant crossover property later down the road, find a way to authentically get to that point. But if I get... I could, I could have 13 different DC universes right now. And if I had 13 great DC movies that I enjoyed watching repeatedly... I would still be happy, and I wouldn't care if they were connected or not. You know, you, 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 we talk about them doing a flashpoint in the future, though. I just, I, I'm confused. Do you want things to exist in their own universe? Do you want to bring it all together? Like, it just, and this stuff isn't like super announced. It's like, hey, I uh, did this interview with an exec over here at Warner Brothers who's overseeing the DC universe. And he's vice president with six other vice presidents. I don't know what the structure is. I don't know, but it just it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem to seem as unified as Marvel. And I want my cookie. I want my cookie. <laughs> oh. This seems like a bagel with gator meat on it, spread with some I don't know wasabi. It just all these great things by themselves, but then you put it all together. It's weird. I don't I don't know that. I feel like you it's, made that reference stupid. because you're living in Florida now and you went to an Asian bar last night, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know, that that is partly it. I do things off recent memory, but um <laughs> have not had have not had gator in recent months, so uh not at that point yet. That's fair. But eventually. Well But I, I, I wanna know, John. Yeah. What are you watching? Well, so I finished The Witcher uh, a couple days ago, and 
initially wasn't super into it. Uh, it took me probably halfway through the season to even start getting interested. But by the end, uh, if anybody else has seen it, you understand what I mean by the final episode kind of gives you a lot of clarity as far as where all the characters are and when all the characters are. Um, so I really want to go back and rewatch that series from the beginning, knowing what I do now. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was Henry Cavill was great uh, as Geralt, and it was a really uh, interesting story. I feel like in a lot of ways, and now that I have a better perspective of what they're doing with the property, I think I'll enjoy it more the second time around. Um, so if you if you have Netflix and you haven't checked out The Witcher yet, I definitely would recommend it, knowing that you learn a lot about the characters as you go forward and when they all are. So really pay attention to the timelines. Uh, but it was, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm ready for season two, hopefully in the next year. Wow. Did you know that that was a video game property? And also a book. Uh, video game property. And I read things, Chris. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you haven't played, if, if anyone in your audience hasn't played the games, go play them. Um, or read the book if you so desire. Which is what uh, the show is based on. You have on. choices. You have choices. Yes. Uh, So, Chris, uh, what are you watching? So, I watched uh, 1917 this morning, and I saw Knives Out uh, a few days ago, and wow, the movies that have been put out are fantastic. 1917 um, really affected me coming out of the theater today. Uh, I was definitely, like, shook uh, with emotion. It was very, very good. A lot of reviews have been positive of it. I wish it got a a much uh, better release as far as like uh, a lot more fanfare to it because it it's something that people should watch uh, and uh, a really great story that I think people will find endearing to the human spirit. And then Knives Out was like... Ryan Johnson's a great director. Give that man a Star Wars. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Too soon, Chris. <laughs> Too soon. No, uh, Knives Out was fantastic. I really loved it. Twists and turns. The It is a murder mystery, so you know you're going to see those twists and turns. And I I loved how it was shot. I loved the comedy of it. Uh, it was a very good film, and I enjoyed it the whole way. And Daniel Craig, wow. Daniel Craig was great. But also the actress who they focused on was uh and i I won't tell you who they're gonna focus on Uh, she did a fantastic job chris evans was really good uh everyone in their roles was really good uh jamie lee curtis was great uh the character she played uh just a really a really great acting ensemble from that and then there is one other thing i've been paying attention to as far as media is i've been listening to a radio show called the Dan Levitard Show. Uh, People in South Florida would know it. People who, it's sports radio. And they talk about sports maybe 20% of the time. And the Hmm. conversations they get to uh, are fantastic. And I love it. If anybody likes sports radio but just likes a good conversation, please check it out because I have been dying laughing and I had taken a trip to Tennessee. Um, I had to go up to Tennessee uh, from Florida, uh, like a 11, 11 hour drive. I had to go up to get something. So, uh, and it was a two and back trip real quick. It wasn't quick. It was like 22 hours on the road. And I listened to that, to that radio show the whole time. And I was in tears. It was so funny. Yeah. I'm not really a, a sporter or a sportist, uh, yeah, I don't sports, but you've shown me a couple of clips of that, and I've I've really enjoyed the conversations too. <laughs> so, they're yelling at each other like a family, and it's so great. And the the fact that if someone says something stupid, if someone says something stupid, they go into a penalty box, like in <laughs> hockey. I love it. And if that's gonna happen, like I'm gonna get sent to the penalty box so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, like I, if you were to, if anybody else is to look at this radio show, there's this, you are, you're kind of like a very mellow Dan Levitard to where I would be the Stugats of everything. But I also, I've got like both of their personalities on me. It's really funny stuff. 
But yeah, those are the things I've been watching or listening to, and I've been having a good time, sir. Nice. And with that said, thank you everyone for watching, or not watching, I'll cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Cut this out. All right. Getting serious. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to the Summit Up podcast. Uh, We will see you next week. uh, And uh, everyone, uh, welcome back to work. I know it sucks. Holidays are over. Right, John? It's 2020. It's 2020. And I do not have the vision to see how well Birds of Prey is going to do. It's 2020 and I'm still blind, Chris. (laughs) Me and you both. (laughs) Blinded by the light. All right. Everyone have a wonderful week. Uh, And we'll see you next time. Bye.